Hi, everyone. <laughs> Sorry. I'm Emily. And this is Carly, Emily's twin sister. And this is The Lighthouse Lowdown at the Beach. Right at the source. We are at the source. We are at Barber's Point Lighthouse, directly in front of. We're actually. I don't know if we're trespassing on Luau property. I think we are just slightly. Just, just right little, on the edge. Yeah. We needed some shade for this recording. We're borrowing their trees. We are right on the beach. I, I don't know if you can hear it in the background or if it just sounds like white noise, but mm-hmm. we've, we're surrounded by palm fronds swaying in the wind and uh, got some crashing waves. This Beautiful imagery. Yeah, actually. Really paint the picture for them. I took some pictures, so... Um, you can head on over to our Instagram after this and check it out. Uh, so, yeah, we're, we're covering the lighthouse that we're looking at. Getting surround yeah, sound. Looking at it right now. Yeah, so I don't have a history buoy. We're just going to go right in and talk about this lighthouse. Purely factual. Right. So, what we're looking at currently is um, a white tower with a white balcony railing. And people yep. are kind of mean about this lighthouse. They say it looks like a light on a stick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I think is rude. Uh, I don't think that's quite fair. Yeah. I would say if I saw it, I would know that it was a lighthouse. Right. It's just, it's the right shape. It's just missing the lantern room. And yeah. I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit. Um, we're on the island of Oahu in Hawaii, located on Barber's Point outside Kaliloa, mm-hmm. on the southwest tip of the island. So that's where we're sitting right now. And... Um, This lighthouse is 71 feet tall with a focal plane of 85 feet, which means the the actual um, beacon is 85 feet above sea level at zero. But the tower itself is 71 feet tall, so the rest of that is just ground level. Can I make a point here? Sure. It's Christmas Day. Oh, yeah. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to everyone listening. This will air a little later than that, but... It will. But it is Christmas Day, so... Yeah. We're not pretty... pretty deserted here i don't think many people leave their homes this early on christmas day (laughs) i don't think the luau is running today yeah (laughs) yeah we're uh, also want to apologize if carly and i sound exactly the same we had a complaint about that our very first episode history of lighthouses part one carly and i did the podcast together and uh some people were like oh it sounded like you were talking to yourself i'm like you guys are hilarious "Mm." (laughs) i was shamed away yeah yeah so then we had vince but vince couldn't make it on this vacation it's a family vacation Mm -hmm. so um carly's taking over yeah exclusive guest (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so she's gonna be uh, helping me out today Uh, Like I said, it now has a beacon on top of the tower that's open to the elements. And you can actually see uh, a fun little thing I didn't see in the photos is that it has this metal panel that follows the beacon from behind so that you don't have bright, focused beam of light hitting the island at all. It's all swept out to sea. Especially since this area is kind of a power plant area. Oh, yeah. I don't think they need to be blinded during dangerous Yeah, it's right next to some electrical... um, probably like radar equipment yeah and we're in a very industrial area so yeah yeah it's a good thing the beacon up top is a double barrel rotating optic directional code beacon or a dcb-224 which gives it a 24 nautical mile range obviously uh yeah as you can definitely see it from the name (laughs) it's running right now it's a 
uh, it's currently a active guide to navigation. So. so, question. They run these even in the daylight? I'm thinking... I have no idea. Someone left it on and they left for Christmas. <laughs> I'm thinking maybe they just leave it running all the time. There's no like on-off switch. Okay. Just because something's more likely to go wrong if you're constantly turning it on and off. Yeah. Maybe it takes more energy to get it going because it's such a high-focus beam. It could be. I Is have no idea. Is there a keeper for this lighthouse? No, there's no keeper. It's ah. uh, all Coast Guard visits, like oh. yearly kind of checkups to see how everything's going. Cool. Probably more frequently than yearly since it's right on the beach. That's another thing. At the Outer Banks, when we went and visited the lighthouses, you wouldn't have ocean sounds in the background mm -hmm. because it wasn't even, it's like a mile away from the ocean. Right. But here, we're like steps away right from the Right on the beach. Yeah. It's surrounded by palm trees and is a popular lighthouse to photograph, even though we talked mm -hmm. about people are kind of mean describing it. <laughs> You'll see why when you see Emily's pictures. Yeah, exactly. So, let me go into the history. This is how, how it came to be. How it came to be. So how on light horses are born. Light horses. <laughs> how light horses are born. <laughs> okay. October 31st, 1796. Oh, wow. Setting the scene. This is Halloween night. Oh. The brig Arthur had a Captain Henry Barber. And another point is that normally when something is named after you, you hope it's for a good thing. And this mm -hmm. was not for a good thing. Oh, no. Henry Barber Poor was Barber. sailing from Honolulu to Canton with sea otter pelts. Okay. They struck the coral reef that's on the southwest tip of Oahu, which is oh. now Barber's Point. Six of 22 men were lost along with the ship. Oh. And after this, the point was associated with Captain Barber. Ah. Which is now why it's called so Barber's this damn Point. damn spot needs a lighthouse up in this <laughs> bitch. <laughs> <laughs> we're taking southern tones today. But... Actually, it, it used to be called Barber's Point, like with an apostrophe, like mm -hmm. ownership, that, that it's Barber's Point. But then they dropped the apostrophe, I think sometime in the last like 100 years or something. He's like, don't affiliate this with me. Yeah, I don't really know why. It's a traumatic time for me. I don't know why. That <laughs> <laughs> Are you making light of the situation? <laughs> I'm not sure if Captain Barber went down with the ship or not. Oh. I don't know if he was well, one of the a good captain stuff. always goes down with his ship. Yeah, so we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. All right. He was assume, a good captain. Yeah, that he went down. In so he did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, 1855, we're jumping ahead uh, like 60 years. A French whale ship grounded here. Grounded is a bad thing, right? Ground, yeah. Okay. It just means the ship is not like you're parking your vehicle or anything. No. This is a crash landing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> An unexpected crash landing. Okay. And William Alexander, who was the surveyor general of the Hawaiian Government Survey Bureau. Mm-hmm made a report in 1880 basically saying this place needs a lighthouse yeah he he made a note that the whale ship remains were still visible from the coast wow and so it made it easy for him to mark with a pile of rocks and a flag where he thought the lighthouse should be built smart yeah this area is called Kal uh, kalaloa which oh. means long point in okay. hawaiian the shoal had only six to eight feet oh sorry six to ten feet of water and extended two to three miles away from the shoreline. Holy moly. Yeah, so it was like a very dangerous area, and they were thinking, definitely going to need a lighthouse. So at that same year, they gave $2,500 for construction of a lighthouse, and the French company El Sauter-Lemonier oh. was contracted for a fourth-order lens along with the lamps and the lantern room. So all of the lighting equipment area was contracted by this French, French company. Interesting. 
But by the time the lighthouse hardware arrived from France, the funds were depleted and the French shipment was put into storage. Oh. So it wasn't until six years later that another $3,000 was provided to pick up construction on this land uh, that was actually donated by James Campbell. Ah, thanks, Campbell. And by 1888, a 42-foot tower of coral stone, which is calcium carbonate, which is actually just like a natural stone made from, it's like coral, it's calcium carbonate. It's from coral. So anyway. (laughs) The first tower was only 42 feet tall. This coral stone was laid in cement mortar, built for $1,900, along with a little keeper's cottage for $300. Oh, wow. Which is nothing. But we're also in the 1800s, so it's kind of... Yeah, it doesn't really... Yeah. What does that translate to? I don't know. Somewhere along the line, we became exponential in our yeah. costs. I still feel like it's not that too, that much. I don't think so either. I think it's probably like a few thousand dollars per yeah, house. probably. Mm-hmm. That would make sense. At this time, the tower was white with a red lantern room. Oh, it had a lantern room. Yes. Okay. But this was a separate tower. This one was 42 feet. It was the first tower. Oh. Built in the 1800s. If you go look at the front door, I took a picture and I'll put it on our Instagram. Nice. If you look at the front door of this lighthouse, it says established in 1933, which is when this lighthouse was built. Okay. But I'll get into that. Yeah. So the first one was lit for the first time March 29th, 1888 with William Hatton Alona. Oh my gosh. Um, Hawaiian last name. Mm-hmm. I do my best. Alona, as its first keeper at an annual salary of $240 a year. Early in the morning of August 31st, 1906, the Army transport ship Sheridan ran aground. <laughs> I lost my spot. <laughs> ran aground on Barber's Point, but they admitted that the light had been on at the lighthouse. So, like, normally this would be grounds for Alona to be fired on the spot you know like oh. oh so like you had a ship run aground and your lighthouse wasn't running at night and so you're fired oh they, they it wasn't running no they said they they after they had been rescued they did admit that the lighthouse had been on oh. it was just like their own error wow that they had run aground Losers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you lost your <laughs> ship for no reason keeper alona was watching as it happened and passed the news to honolulu for help and to record that the event had happened okay and he said uh, quote, that light never did go out one time since I became keeper here nearly 20 years ago. I feel very sorry about the transport, but the light was there, all right. End quote. Why do you just, what, how do you just, I don't know, crash like, anyway? It's like, do you want it to? It is interesting. I, I want to know, like, were you just not paying attention? Or yeah. just like on autopilot or something? I mean, it's a lighthouse. Yeah, that it's was. a beacon. Yeah. So, yeah, if you think about that, this is, this is the first keeper at this lighthouse. And this event happened 20 years after the lighthouse was first lit. Oh. He's like, I know my stuff. Yeah. I am absolutely this reliable. Not, this was not the lighthouse's fault. While there were no casualties from oh, good. this grounded ship, the lighthouse was remodeled in 1912 to have a fourth order flashing lens to distinguish it from all of the bright lights that's ah. around here, um, which are held steady all the time. So originally this light was a steady light. Interesting. But they all right. kind of... That makes sense. Yeah. They kind I get of, that. Yeah. So they changed it to a flashing lens at okay. that time, 1912. It's like, fine, this isn't good oh. enough for you. <laughs> it revolved once every five seconds to produce two 0.1 second flashes separated by 1.1 seconds mm. and then followed by a 3.7 second eclipse. Oh. Yep. 
And that's what it's... No, this is a different lighthouse, sorry. Yeah, but it might still be the same flash part. Uh, no, there's a long, there's a longer gap between those two flashes. It's moving pretty slow. I mean, just from looking at it, you can see it's still fl technically flashing. Okay. It's revolving. So. Right, the revolving makes it a flash. Yeah, two flashes. I just think the time in between is uh, bigger. So when they added this, mm -hmm. this new fl uh, flashing beacon, they actually remodeled the entire lighthouse. And there are pictures of before, during, and after the lighthouse remodel. Oh, nice. And so I'll post those pictures on my Instagram okay. so you can see. But originally, this 42-foot tower lighthouse didn't have stairs in the middle. You had to climb a ladder on the outside of the lighthouse to get to the top to do your work in the lantern room. Oh, man, that seems dangerous. Isn't that absurd? But so I have a picture. You guys can see that. After they changed the lamp, an assistant keeper position was added to help out because a revolving lens is a lot more work than a steady lens. I because see. it's on wheels and there's clockwork mechanism that makes it rotate at a specific speed. And that needed to be rewound and it needed oil and My all, like all of this stuff. This damn transport. <laughs> <laughs> this one vessel took it all How down. You. Yeah, it was for the better though. So they added an assistant keeper position. And they added a two-room structure for temporary housing, basically for the assistant keeper to live in. And a proper one was added three years later in 1915 for $3,155. Mm. I mean, sorry, $99. I don't uh. know why. My brain just read nine <laughs> as 55. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, it's it's one vacation of brain. Yeah. It's Christmas. Christmas vacation brain. So I'm going to list a couple notable keepers that had some good stories about the lighthouse. First is Manuel Ferreira. He was assistant from 1914 to 1916 for so just a couple years. And then he was the principal keeper from 1916 to 1925. So right after he was assistant, he took over as it's principal a long keeper. Time. Yeah, and he took a little break and then came back almost 20 years later from 1942 to 1944. How was he alive? <laughs> he had to have been a teenager when he was an assistant. I'm telling right? you, like these 18? lighthouse keepers are hardy people yeah and he's not like going and doing something else he's still within the lighthouse board he's helping at other lighthouses right and coming back to barbara's point this man manuel i know manuel the man the in man. 1919 so um his first couple years as principal keeper mm -hmm. he rescued seven japanese fishermen whose Aww. 60 foot sampan was crippled off the point like had oh, a wow. hit and was going down and those are like like almost flat bottom ships that are a little bit taller in the front mm -hmm. and then on the back they have a little bit of a housing structure that comes up. I can up. envision it. Yeah, you would recognize it if you saw it. But um, yeah, they they uh, were hit on the point and so he went out and helped them ashore and then gave them food and dry clothing in his house. And Go when you, Yeah, I know. Just shows the good nature of keepers. Yeah. Yeah. 1923, a four-masted ma Schooner, Sooner, say it again. S C H O O N E R, Sooner, Schooner, Schooner. It's basically a ship that has two or more masts. So this one's four masted, so it's huge. Oh. And the name was Bianca. Bianca. <laughs> she was caught in a storm. The sails were tattered and torn. The ship was paralyzed. And being dragged by the anchor towards the sharp rocks of the reef. Oh. So basically, worst case scenario. Impending doom. Yeah, exactly. And so Manuel could see this unfolding from the top of the lighthouse mm -hmm. and recognize the ship was in danger and coming in hot. Yeah. And so he sprinted through three miles of jungle 
and algaroba trees. Bunch um, of high knees. Yeah, and that was just to reach his, reach the closest telephone line so that he could tell the naval authorities that there was a ship that was in a lot of trouble near the lighthouse. So a Navy tug was immediately sent out and rescued Bianca. So okay. Manuel saved a ship. I'm sure he saved a lot more ships than that. Yeah. That was a big one. If that one had gone down, there probably would have been lots of money in damages to yeah. make up for. And for people. Sa- for sales. Yeah. Manuel was not the only Ferreira to mind the light station. When Manuel and his assistant were down with the flu and in the hospital, so it was oh like my. a big one. A big flu. Yeah. Caroline, which was Manuel's wife, took care of their six-year-old son, her normal domestic chores, and the temperamental kerosene lamp that was in the lantern room. So basically, she took over his duties while he was down <laughs> and managed everything else she had to do during the day. And the other thing you think about, like, lighthouse keepers are running all night long. Like, you can't just be like, oh, yeah, I just got to go rewind this. Go check on it real fast. And then I'll go back go to back. bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like there's no going to bed in between. There's so much stuff you have to do. Technically, keepers work eight-hour shifts, but, like, it doesn't really work paper, out like that. They're, yeah, they're they're... It's kind of like their whole life is devoted to... Wow, this woman. I know. She did what needed to be done. Badass Taking care of business. So every three hours during the night, she had to wake up, mind the mechanism uh, to keep the lamp rotating. Mm. Crazy. Very nice. In 1930, the tower was deteriorating. This is where we see the fall of the first lighthouse, or the first Barber's Point lighthouse, and then the rise of the one that we have today. What was the first lighthouse made out of? That was the coral stone with cement mortar. Oh, okay. Yeah. So $20,000 was set aside in 1933 for building a new light. So they didn't even think they wanted to try to revive this light. I think they realized they needed it to be a little bit taller. Okay. And it's all really expensive to just add on to a lighthouse that's, that's already That's deteriorating, built. yes. Yeah, especially like made with old materials and stuff. They're like, okay, we better just... Coral poop just doesn't last. Exactly. <laughs> it was 72 feet tall, made of reinforced concrete... Uh, and cylindrical directly next to the original and there's pictures of this new one being built and it's they're just sitting right next to each other so i'll post another one of those as well there were generators installed at this time to supply electricity so i mean 1930 this is actually when around the time when a lot of lighthouses were automated Mm -hmm. and so they already had electricity they could already make this lighthouse where you didn't have to have a keeper winding mechanisms because it was all electrified the lens was transferred to the new tower our fourth order flashing lens ah fourth order Mm -hmm. and first lit december 29th 1933 with a 500 watt bulb inside of the lens passing of the torch yes so we've got electric coming in passing of the frontal lens a group of spectators stood by as little cuts were made into the coral stone on the old tower, which caused it to topple over and be no more. Oh, <laughs> that's so sucky. I know. At least it was kind of like an event. Kind of fun. Everyone just stands by and it's like, and then it goes down. <laughs> and it's a relatively tiny tower. It's still four stories tall. But, you oh, know. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah. It's a yeah. full building. It's a little over half the height of this a one. ceremonious occasion. Exactly. In the new tower, Samuel Amalu was awarded the commissioner's efficiency flag in 1934. So this is a, a new keeper. Okay. This award was given due to the fact that the assistant keeper position had been eliminated with the new tower because you didn't have to have the winding mechanism anymore. It's just oh, all oh I thought you meant eliminated like when the other, it's like the captain of the ship, same concept. Oh, His no. His lighthouse went done and he was no. killed. <laughs> and he, he was, was eliminated murdered. with this tower. <laughs> no, they just... 
it was only a principal keeper instead of a principal and an assistant. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I need a clarification. <laughs> that nobody was murdered. <laughs> Eliminated. <laughs> and he was taking care of a fairly large area of land around the station. And because he kept up his duties at the lighthouse, even as his wife suffered a critical illness in their bed, mm. which eventually, unfortunately, was terminal. Oh. So, yeah, he, he got the uh, commissioner's efficiency flag for that. For It's oh. like a badge on your uniform. His um, wife may have died, but at least he got a badge. He got a s- <laughs> <laughs> when you put it like that, it's not so good. <laughs> <laughs> they do what they can. Yeah. Another notable keeper was John M. Sweeney. He was keeper in just for just one year in 1941. If you know anything about Pearl Harbor, that is a bad year to be a keeper at the lighthouse. That is a bad year. The single year he's like, I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. So he observed the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor on December 7th, 1941, and wrote a letter describing the events that unfolded here at the lighthouse. Barber's Point was actually targeted during the second wave of Japanese attacks. No way. Yeah, so you kind of hear about um, some of that. He said he was awoken at 8 a.m. to many planes overhead, seemingly coming from the windward side of the island and leaving on the Barber's Point side. So, like, when they were doing their sweep over, they would leave on this side. So that's where a lot of the plane clashes were happening. Okay. He said, quote, two parachutists were dropped close to the station. So their plans were taken out and they parachuted down. Oh, they did. They were confused in the Kauai trees and prowled around the station all Sunday night. The Fort Cam, 55th CA boys, it's basically um, soldiers. Okay. Were firing at them with rifles and machine guns. One was wounded and was later found on the beach, buried by his mate. His feet <gasps> were sticking out of the sand. Oh. The other was later shot by an officer, end quote. Holy moly. Yeah. And before he wrote this, they had no idea that the two had been captured. They just knew that there were uh, Japanese soldiers Uh on the island loose somewhere, you know, after attacking. So the light station was super, like, on high alert and super uneasy. And they had soldiers all around. He had to go to the top of the tower twice in the night because at first the soldiers thought they saw a green light, which was just a reflection off the glass panes. Mm. And then the second time they thought that there were parachutists up there, but there was nobody. Bamboozled. Yeah, just like super on edge, very skittish. scary time for everyone. I know, insane. And he, John was warned at this time by the soldiers not to go outside again because they would shoot at anything <gasps> that they saw moving. Oh. Yeah, so very, very rough time for Everybody. I know. He's like, I'm out here. <laughs> <laughs> that's enough. I'm, that's enough trauma. Yeah. And the poor soldiers, too. Like, I won't go into the whole thing about Pearl Harbor. We went to and went and saw the USS Arizona. Yes. Memorial and kind of hold, heard the whole story and all of that. But what a rough time for these soldiers that it was a good point made by one of the park rangers up there that these these soldiers in um, the Navy and the Army and everything, they didn't sign up during a time of war they signed up during a time of peace they weren't they weren't signing up to fight yeah they were just signing up to try and get away from their lives in the depression depression. and so they're just thrust into this war firsthand first shots right here goodness yeah poor guys i'll move on to another keeper (laughs) (laughs) it was after sweeney yeah last keeper here was fred robbins who actually served multiple stints at barber's lighthouse at the age of 16, he was assigned to barbers, so we know for sure that keepers here can be very young. Okay. 16 years old. It's like a high school job. I know. After two years of isolation, he left to join the Merchant Marines. He's oh. like, I'm not doing this anymore. 
it's even now it's kind of secluded out here. It is you very know? deserted. I yeah. mean, obviously it's also Christmas Day, but that's true. You would expect a, a single person, yeah, at least. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's kind of crazy. I'm like, is this closed area or something? But no, it's just uh, very isolated. It is. In 1930, he rejoined the lighthouse service and was again assigned to Barber's Point. We're <laughs> like, <laughs> why? <gasps> After three years, he served at lighthouses on Kauai and Molokai before both islands, mm-hmm. before returning to Barber's Point in 1953 for 11 more years of service. So this time he stuck around for wow. a long time. Stuck with the roots. Yeah. His daughter moved in in 1958 with her husband and three children. Oh, wow. That was nice. Little Since grandpa. Yeah. And this is kind of fun. You know, um, Captain Barber, you know, crashed his ship on Barber's Point right. on Halloween night. Mm-hmm. And so Ooh. I thought it was kind of fun bookend to talk about how they celebrated Halloween around oh this yeah, time. Oh, yeah, do it. Since the nearest neighbors were miles away, Halloween, they had to kind of make it um, like a big event that was creative uh-huh. for their three kids to have a fun Halloween. Right. Can't do trick-or-treating when there's nobody here. <laughs> So the children would climb the lighthouse tower where a ghost would provide them with treats. Oh. And then they would knock on the back door of the keeper's house where a witch would supply them with candy. And then they'd run around to the front door where they were invited in for cookies and milk. So that's what they had to look forward to in those last that was their Halloween. Know, like 10 years. Yeah, their Halloween was doing the making the rounds around the lighthouse for okay. snackies. I was thinking they were going to like reenact the the oh no barber crash and no. everything was it was like more creative. like creative figuring out how to make halloween still fun for kids when there's Cute. nobody around yeah you do what you can yeah so on april 15th 1964 a 36 inch airway beacon replaced the franal lens okay and fred left december 7th of that year so uh, it was automated no more keepers oh okay Basically, yeah just was checked up on by the coast guard okay the lantern room was likely removed when the lighthouse was automated, so at the same time, um, and the current beacon replaced the airway beacon in 1985. So this one's been running for 40-something years. Almost 40, yeah, yeah. Almost 40 years. Yeah, and it, it's really interesting. I don't, I couldn't find any information on why they removed the lighthouse, or the, sorry, the lantern room. Yeah. Or, like, when that happened, or how it happened, because nowadays, if you try to remove an entire uh-huh. lantern room, it's like, I saw one was like $2 million just to get oh, it off of there. just to take it off of there? Yeah. So you send me up there with a mallet, I'll probably take some... <laughs> I'll, I'll do work. it for 50 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I guess if you weren't planning on saving it or returning it to its spot, you wouldn't have to right. be so careful about it. But Yeah, I wonder, does the weather have any effect on... I mean, it's just spinning up there. I'm just watching it. I know. It's pretty sturdy. I bet it's made of material that keeps it from corroding. And I'm sure it gets touched up all the time. Yeah. But, yeah, another thing that I thought was interesting. Oh, that's the end of my notes. But I just thought about this. And I couldn't find another reason for it other than maybe they're trying to keep from breaking windows. But there used to be six windows down the side of the lighthouse. Oh, Uh, I can see where they patched them up. Yeah. Used to be six windows. And then the front where the door was had two windows. And now there are no windows. That's very odd. Maybe they just, because they know that no one, no one needs to be here. looking out the windows. Yeah. It's no rela- maybe, um, they're just like, you not know, it's a big endemic thing that birds run into windows. Oh, true. So maybe they're trying to avoid 
you know. Yeah, and if you think about it, they're not coming out here often. So if a window gets broken, they're not going to know about it unless, one, somebody tells them, or they just show up and it's been, you know, open Raining to elements inside, through the yep. window all this time. Yeah, they were probably like, we don't want to worry about this. Uh, There's a lot of reasons. We've come up with a few. Yeah, just from our own decision. brain power. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it is kind of fun. You can see where they filled and plastered over right. um, where the windows used to be. But pretty. That's it. That's Barber's Point Lighthouse here Very in nice. Oahu, Hawaii. In memory of Captain Barber. Yeah. He did his best. Rest in peace. Sacrifice for the rest of I us. I think. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we don't did know. Did he die with the ship? <laughs> <laughs> we don't actually know. Oh. But yeah, you have any other questions? Do um, you enjoy it? I just really like the look of it. It's yeah. all white. Yeah, um, people that di- di- um, diss it are rude because it's actually. I think it looks good. Yeah. I mean, obviously, there's a certain um, uh, ambiance isn't the right word, but I'm going to go with it, that the lantern room gives. Yeah. So without it, it's a you little lose more the industrial vibe. looking. Definitely. Yes. But and if you just look at pictures, purpose? you're not going to think about it as fondly as if there was a light. Uh, right. Lantern room. I mean, we are looking at it. We're living it. Yeah. We're living the dream. And it looks good. And it was good. And it Christmas was good. Day. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's it um i'm gonna post a lot of pictures about this lighthouse including ones that we've taken if you want to see some selfies yep on my instagram that is at the lighthouse lowdown on instagram and then if you want to send us a message or anything you want to hear specifically uh, we're going to pick up history buoys here pretty soon someday i don't know mm-hmm. we'll pick those back up if you have any ones that you want to hear about um go ahead and send us an email at the lighthouse lowdown at gmail.com and uh, you can listen to us anywhere at, you know, <laughs> Google, you Google Podcasts, App Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts. You can find us there. So yeah. Merry Christmas. Yeah. And thanks, thanks for, for listening. In. You, yeah. yeah. Thanks. Thanks for helping me That's out. Excellent. Happy holidays to everyone. Yep. And Merry Christmas uh, to those that celebrate. Yeah. And uh, have New Year coming up. So heck yeah. Let's finish 2022 strong. Yep. And we'll catch you next time yep. on The Lighthouse. Lowdown.